Dear friends in Christ, have you ever considered the implications of the words of our gospel lesson for today? I mean, really, have you thought in depth about what it means? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God became man. The infinite God took on finite flesh. The God who created everything in the entire universe became a part of that universe. God entered our world in the flesh of a man. We call that the incarnation. It means that God was in, with, and under the flesh of a human being. We confess this every week in the Creed with these words. He was incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He was made man. And it's amazing, isn't it? To think that the almighty, all-powerful God places himself into the caring hands of a teenage human mother and her husband. The God who can create with the power of his holy word, let there be, lays aside that glory and becomes weak, unable even to hold up his own head needing to be supported by that mother. The God who can do whatever he wishes at any time becomes like us, frail, fragile, tiny. God, in his incarnate frailty, needs Mary to change his diaper, to feed him. God incarnate needs swaddling cloths to keep him warm in the cool evening. God incarnate needs a crib to lie in, a manger. Because the all-powerful God makes himself so weak that he'll even have to learn how to walk in the months and years ahead. The word becomes flesh and dwells among us in meekness mild, a frail human being in the merciful care of his mother, a God who sets aside his godness so that he would need the care of humanity, all-powerful and yet made weak, in danger of kings and governors who seek his life, having to run away to Egypt even to avoid the slaughter of the innocents. Almighty God <clears throat> needing to nurse at his mother's breast. 
Why? Why does God do this? What's he hoping to accomplish? Dear Christians, the reason for his frailty is clear. The reason he lays himself into the mercy of humankind is so simple. He does it so that he might die at the hands of humankind. And that by that dying, he might pay the penalty for all of mankind's sin. Your sin, my sin, everyone's sin paid for by the death of God. And so the second person of the Holy Trinity, the uncreated, eternal God, allowed his incarnate human flesh to be whipped, beaten, tortured, mocked, nailed to a cross, pierced with a spear, killed and dead and laid in the grave. All of that to pay for your sin. That sin that he died for is your sin. It was to save each one of you that this cross happened. By your fault, your own fault, your own most grievous fault, you have sinned. Yes, time and again, you have sinned. So have I. So have all mankind. You've done wrong against God and his word. You've done wrong against the people around you, your neighbors, your friends, and your family. You've sinned in thought, word, and deed. How? Well, to start with, you've made Christmas, the birth of our God in human flesh, about lights, decorations, presents, wrapping paper, elves on shelves, ugly sweaters, chipmunks singing, and family. You've made Christmas about these things rather than about the Word of God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And when you do that, when you think of the mistletoe, the holly, the snow, you obscure Jesus. You obscure the glory of God. St. John writes, He was in the world, but the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. They were too busy frosting cookies and putting pine trees in their living room 
When we lose sight of Jesus, when it gets lost in all those other things, when Christ gets lost even in the other months and days of the year, when our lives are not focused on our Savior, that's sin. It's sin if we will not receive Jesus. First and foremost, sin deserves death every time, every sin. And that's why God became man. That's why God became weak. That's why God was killed. To forgive all that sin. And to give you life instead. Or to return to the creed, we believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, was made man. Why? So that he might die for all mankind, so that he might be crucified under Pontius Pilate, buried and rise again for all mankind, for all forgiveness, for all grace and mercy and peace. That's why your God is born this day. He's willing to rescue you so that you might always be his own holy possession and live under him in his kingdom. God has come. And he hasn't just come to Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, 8,000 miles away. He's come to you here. Now. He's come to pour out that forgiveness here and now. Welcome him. Hail him as Lord and Savior. Rejoice at his birth. He's given you his word, sending it forth into your ear. And wherever that word is, his Holy Spirit creates and sustains faith. He has promised it. He has washed you in the waters of holy baptism, promising that when God looks at you, a baptized Christian, he will not see your sin and failures and shortcomings, but instead he will see Jesus, whom you are now robed in. He comes in his own body and blood here in the holy altar so that you might eat and drink and become what you eat and drink, someone who will live forever by the grace of the one true God. Will you not know him here? Will you not welcome him here? Will you not receive him here? This is where he is now, this Christmas. 
in his word and sacraments. God is present here for you, for your sin, for your life, for your peace, for your joy. That sets you free for all the other things, knowing that he's come for you. You can put the pine tree in your living room, hang the lights on your house, knowing first and foremost that he's here for you. He'll still be here when you take the tree down and vacuum up the pine needles. He'll still be here in July when you take the lights off your house. He'll still be here every day Every week, and that's why the angels sing at the birth of God's Son. Joy to the world, the Lord has come to suffer and die for sinners like us. Hark the herald angels sing, God is pleased as man with man to dwell. Christ is born in the little town of Bethlehem, laid away in a manger. And that manger is now our paradise where we can recline and dwell and have our being. Oh, come, let us adore him who will die for our forgiveness, in whom we have life and life to the full. Glory to God in the highest and on earth now because God is here. Peace, goodwill towards men. God has come. He is here. The Word has become flesh. He dwells now among us to suffer for us, to die for us, to pour out His gifts for us, to support us and care for us and provide for His. Jesus has come. We have seen his glory. And from him, we have received grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. His light shines forth in the darkness of our world, now and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.